I said, hey, ladies and fellas, if you're listening. As a woman of color, it is so hard to find lipsticks and glosses that really pop on my beautiful brown skin. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When the lipstick is giving lackluster instead of Lil Mama, okay? (laughs) Well, I discovered the most radiant, saturated, and pigmented lipsticks for richer complexions, and I found them at the Lip Bar. The Lip Bar is a black woman-owned and led beauty brand that focuses on providing effortless beauty options for all women, but especially women like us with highly melanated skin. Oh, and did I forget to mention that all Lip Bar products are vegan and cruelty-free? Get into it, friends. Make sure you click the link in the show notes to receive 10% off your first or next order of beauty products at the Lip Bar. Hashtag, you're welcome. I can hear somebody listening to this and being like, no, but one, I have to pay bills. Like achievement has gotten my bills paid, right? And two, like, I mean, I kind of like being rewarded for things. So I just want to say that this is not about becoming a bum, (laughs) okay? This isn't about like, just, you know, kick off your shoes and live on the beach for a year, like, right? Like, or backpack through your, that's not the goal. The goal is not for you to become less accomplished. The goal though, is for you to feel good about having a holistic life. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. Up in here, we like it sugar free. Come through, stop by, get up with me. With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy. Ooh, right here with me. It's where you wanna be. Wanna be. Let's get it sugar free. Yeah. Now tell me, girl. Me, girl. How you like your tea? How you like your tea? You know it's sugar free. Yeah. Hey, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Sugar Free Podcast, the premier life advice podcast for millennial women, hosted by me. Sam Matt, your homegirl in your head. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another week and trusting that I was going to show up today. I know we've been a little shaky-bakey, but I said I'm going to be here every other week and I'm here. So thank you for tuning in and showing up and trusting that I would be here to meet you because that's what this relationship is all about, friends. It's about trust. Y'all got to trust that I'm going to show up for you and I trust that you're going to show up for me. So thank you as always for rocking out with me. And so now that that is out of the way, the lovey-dovey stuff, the flowers, now that the the fluffy stuff is out of the way, let's get down to business. So I am so excited about this week's episode because we are tapping in with therapist, life coach, relationship coach, Bernique Esther. And we are talking about how to achieve balance as a high achieving woman. This, friends, for me is something that is so super important. Okay. It's something that I really need in my life. And so I know that we've been talking the last few episodes about my fabulous life in New York and how wonderful everything is and how much I love my new job and how much I love my apartment and how much I love the city. Emphasis on love the city. (laughs) And all of that is 100% true. But I am realizing that unfortunately, there are some things that a move to a fabulous new city in a new apartment just can't fix. And so friends, I'm gonna tell you something. And I want y'all to receive this. Okay. You cannot outrun yourself. Now, li- listen, let, let me let me say it again. Let me run it back. You cannot outrun yourself. Now, I do not at all regret my decision, okay, to come to New York. I feel like I needed this. Whatever is going to happen next in my life is is going to happen here. I needed to be here. I'm absolutely loving it. But I am realizing that as I'm trying to create my best life, my ideal life, There are still some things that I have not worked through that a new apartment is not going to fix. 
<laughs> okay? There is some grief. There is some trauma. Th there's, there's a lot of stuff that I've been holding on to that has followed me to New York. That's what I mean when I say you, you can't outrun yourself. Eventually, all the stuff that you've been running from is going to catch up to you. And I would say that I've been running from it or anything intentionally, but I have been running to try to find my happiness. And I am at the conclusion that I've run as far as I can. <laughs> Um, the rest of the journey is going to happen internally. And as much as I hate it, friends, oh, you know, sometimes you're just like, I'm tired of inner working. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, inner working all the daggone time. I'm tired. Sometimes you're just like, I don't even want to hear my inner voice today. Okay. I just wanted to be quiet. I want my, my mind. I want everything to just be still and be quiet because I'm tired of inner work and it's hard. It's hard. You got to unpack the layers and peel back the onion. And it's just like, you don't know what you're going to find at the end of that tunnel. And sometimes what you find ain't good. Some things about myself, I think I was better, um, keeping in the dark. I was better being ignorant about some things about myself. I was, I, I felt better about myself not knowing, you know, why I'm a mess. Can I just be a beautiful mess? Apparently I cannot. And so I have got to unpack the stuff out of my bag. Okay. And it's time for me to deal with it so I can truly create the balance and the fullness and the wholeness that I need in my life. So if you, friend, are like me, where you will keep the bag full and overflowing before you decide to pull it out the corner, this episode is for you, okay? <laughs> this episode is for you, it is for us. And so another interesting statistic that I wanted to bring up with you all, which is why I wanted to go ahead and run this show today, because if I'm being 100% honest, this was not supposed to be this week's episode. <laughs> I had a whole other episode prepared for y'all, but I just needed for us to have this conversation today because I saw something on the internet that really caught my attention, okay? And so the statistic was that by the year 2030, 45% of women between the ages of 25 and 40 will be both single and childless. And that statistic was absolutely shocking to me, right? So we talked about other statistics on this show about how 36% of millennial women hold bachelor's degrees compared to 28% of millennial men. So we are educated, right? Um, we've also talked about how 32% of millennial women are the breadwinners for their households. So we are making money, okay? We are educated, we are making money, but we are also single and childless. And so the optimist in me is saying that we are single and childless because we are finally at a point where we have the agency to go after our wildest dreams and we are doing just that, right? But then there's also this nagging feeling inside of me that is going, yikes, we got money, we got education, are we happy? Do we have it all? And what it all looks like is going to be different for all of us, right? It all for some of us may not include children. It all for some of us may not include long-term partnership or companionship or marriage, right? Like maybe it is just having a good time out in these streets forever and I am mad at that. And so what wholeness and happiness looks like for each of us as individuals is going to be different, but I would be really surprised if all 45% of those women who are single and childless want to be, right? I, I will say that for myself, I am single and childless. And while I am loving this phase of my life, it is not a phase that I want to be perpetual, infinite, forever. Like there are phases and I, and I do hope that there will be a phase, hopefully the next phase of my life that will include children and a partnership, preferably with marriage, a ring and a prenup. Okay. So 
I just wanted to unpack this and, and I think that we all just need to figure out what balance looks like for us in this season and the next so that we can have really it all because that's what we deserve, right? All right, wonderful. Well, let's, without further ado, get into this episode because Veronique is fantastic and she is here to get all of our lives together, right? All right. Welcome to the tea party, Bernie. Can you please tell the good people who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I am Vernique Esther. I am founder of a platform called Authentically Wed, um, which is a group on Facebook that is dedicated to helping um, Christians primarily have healthy and authentic relationships, but I'm also a therapist and an emotional and relational trauma coach um, that helps Black professional women who have had emotional and relational trauma in the past heal for real. And so I have courses. Um, I have a book called When Seasons Change as somebody who's experienced divorce um, in the past. And so um, my, I am all things healing, wholeness, and healthy relationships. And I'm based in Atlanta. Um yeah. Yeah, and I'm a a target enthusiast. Okay, I just go there sometimes just to just to catch a vibe. You feel me? <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. We actually had the Target bargain hunter on the show in season three, and she said okay. that Target is her happy place, and she would just grab a donut and just be at Target walking around. So I get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you have to find wholeness and healing where, wherever you find wherever it. Wherever right? you can, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so excited to have you here to talk about this topic. And so my listeners know that I always Instagram, Facebook, you know, internet stalk my guests because as a journalist, I feel like it's my responsibility to be prepared, right? I got I to gotta know a little bit about you if we're going to have a, a good conversation. And so um, when I have heard you in other places, I have felt like you were talking to me when you've been talking about overachieving women and like what what their M.O. is, what they behave like, how they act. Why is she, she doing that to me? <laughs> why is she talking bad about me? Right. It's like a hit. I get that a lot. <laughs> Girl, you were speaking to me. And so I was like, I know if I feel this way, there are so many of my listeners out there who are probably feeling the same way. And we need to get this high achieving woman gospel. We need it. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that you're going to talk to us about this today. So I want to know, how did you get into coaching such a specific subset of women? I, I, it's very rare that I hear people talk about, oh, I'm, I'm, a high achieving woman's, you know, therapist or coach. And mm -hmm. so how did you decide to focus on that specific subset of women? Yeah, I love this question. So um, I grew up, I was in, and you probably can relate to this as soon as I say it, um, but I grew up uh, it, educationally, like school was everything. And so I was an honors kid. I did AP, right. And I was like that, but then, um, for those of you guys who are first gen from immigration parents, my mom is an immigrant from Haiti. And so she was a single mom. School was everything, um, but also as a daughter, as the first daughter, right? I'm an only child, but as the daughter and the first daughter, you, the everything is on you. And so you're taught from the time you step into the world that it is your job to take care of any and everyone. And you don't have to come from an immigrant background in order to understand as a black woman how that translates as well. Right. We are the ones who are essentially bred right in quotations to take care of everybody else. And so from from the get go, you are taught to achieve and to perform for everyone. And then when you put that into an educational perspective, if you lived in a household where education was either very important or you saw it as your way out and you were pushed educationally, you were also taught again to achieve and to accomplish because school will get you to the next place in life and that is your way out. And so when you grow up with these levels of pressures and um, this level of intensity and this focus around performance and accomplishment, you become a high achiever, right? And so I lived it. And then I realized who my clients were and who I was drawing. And it was the people, not the ones that were falling apart, right? It was the ones that everybody was clapping for, that looked amazing, that showed up, that you can rely on. They were the quote unquote strong friend. But when they went home at night, they felt alone, they felt unheard, and they felt like they were in an endless cycle of performance and accomplishment that they wanted to get out of, but didn't know who they were outside of. Ooh. So that's how I got into it. 
well, let me take a moment. Let me take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, I want to know a little bit more about your experience as a high achieving woman before we get into like, so like the, all these things that you talked about and described as being kind of characteristic of a high achieving woman, the strong friend, like when did you kind of realize that you were a high achieving woman? And how did you like get to a place where you found like more balance in your life? Mm, that's so good. Um, so I don't know that I ever had the language for it until, you know, maybe the last three, four years. Um, but what I did know was uh, that I felt a lot of anxiety when I felt like I failed, even at a young age. Um, I felt like I had to do everything right. And there was a season um, in my life, especially when I was younger, you know, we're, we're all hormonal and whatnot in your teen and middle school years. But I remember constantly feeling and wishing like I was someone hoping that I could like wake up as somebody else because who I was always felt not good enough, even though I had good grades. Right. I wasn't like a wild child. Right. My mom could take me around somewhere and I wouldn't embarrass her, as they would say. Um, but I always felt like I wasn't good enough. So it was this constant, I felt like I was constantly hitting a ceiling in my own mind and in my own life. And as I got older, it just became this like dark cloud that followed me, this pressure to do good, to do good, to do the right thing, do the right thing. But then always feeling on the other side that what did I get from it other than some applause or a grade? And so I don't know that I really was able to identify the high achievement um, outside of what people, what what other people labeled it as other than like, um, and when I say that, I mean, educationally, right? Because this is where it really shows up is education and then you see it in your life. But it was, um, you know, being the honors, being the AP kid, but also to my other friends, um, maybe in social circles, I was always labeled as like um, rigid. I was really like, I wasn't the flexible friend all the time, especially when I was younger, right? I had to have things a certain way. Um, when I got older, I realized that I get easily frustrated, right? I'm the go-to, go like I'm going to get it done. I'm always, I'm the reliable one. I'm the responsible one. But I also recognize like this frustration in me if I couldn't get something right or if something didn't come in the time that it came. So it's just, there. I, I think that you end up, getting this evidence kind of piled up on you where you realize like, huh, people are saying these things, but like on, in my experience, I don't feel that way about myself. And a lot of times high achievement comes with this tug of war of not believing what everybody else thinks about you in the positive, right? You're always striving for the next thing. And, and you're so accomplishment and goal oriented that there, there leaves a, um, it leaves this lack of fulfillment for yourself as a person. You abandon your personhood for accomplishment and goals. And so that's when I realized, when I, when I realized that I had done all the things and I didn't have anything that I actually wanted, that's when I knew that something was, something was up. I feel like we talk about I'm talking about that on this show so so much. I want to unpack a lot there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to start with what is it about generally high achieving women where you first don't believe the things that people like? Wh where does that stem from? Like, why why is that? Yeah, I, I think that it was it's it's a cultural thing. Um, millennials, I feel like we we were raised by the people who were like, you know, put your head down, work, get a good job, go to college. Um, but then we also saw a glimpse of something more for our future. And so I, I, I believe that it comes from a cultural expectation, especially in American society, to believe and achieve, right? To believe and achieve. Well, what is that saying? Like, you, you have, you have to achieve. Like there's this constant pressure to do. Nobody, nobody's like, believe and be, believe and exist, believe and love yourself. Like you see what I mean? It's believe and achieve. And we've grown up, you know, reach for the stars, all this messaging about reaching and striving and doing and working. Um, And, and it, it, it creates a productive society, but it creates only a productive society. Not a society that is self-aware, that values personhood, that values community, right? Whereas other cultures, um, again, I, I'm Haitian and I'm also West African, in African and Caribbean cultures, the community is above self. 
But in American culture, the self, you are in competition with everyone around you, right? Standardized testing. You're in competition with your peers. You're in competition with the people at work. You, when And when you constantly feel in competition, you are igniting a part of your brain that is telling you, um, that is focused on survival. Because competition is about survival, essentially. It's in order for me to keep my place in society, in order for me to keep my, my place in work, in my social standing, I have to perform and prove. I have to show, I have to achieve. So that's where it comes from. It's our messaging and the ways that, that we were raised and what society, American society at least, has been built on. We really have. And so my family, we go to the Bahamas a lot. Mm -hmm. And so like whenever I'm there, I'm like, it's just everyone seems so happy like it's it's quiet it's peaceful generally most of the people don't have much but yeah. they are happy they yeah. are content you know what i mean like if if this particular person let's say job is to sell coconuts on the beach and that's it that's their entire day they sell the coconuts they you know and, and are completely satisfied and happy and i told my mom i was like i want that and she was yeah. like you, you could never be happy with that and i'm like but i think i could like let me give it a shot <laughs> You right. know, but it's like it's like that constant reinforcement, even from, like you said, parents like we have to keep doing, have to keep doing. And even when I'm like, mm, I think I could be happy resting. It's like, no, you wouldn't. And like people just think that I love to work. And I was like, I don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the I think one of the biggest lies um, and, and some people might. Right. So I don't want to generalize anyone or grossly generalize anyone into thinking that like. You have to hate high achievement. But the reality is um, high achievement does a lot for for your um, for your external life more than it does for your internal life. And so <clears throat> um, but a lot of the times I think one of the lies of high achievement is that everybody who is a high achiever loves it here. And it's not true. A lot of us feel stuck. A lot of us are wondering, can I can I do both? Is there anything else? Because there is a ceiling to achievement. Like there's only your brain doesn't know that um, this got you this. It, it just it's just uh, it's it's action reward, action reward. Right. So you're getting the feedback, the chemicals, but it's only so much of that cycle of that feedback cycle that's really going to satisfy you. Hmm. OK, so I want to go back. What What is this internal versus external self that you're mm -hmm. like, like, what's it like? What like what is the internal versus yeah, the that's that's a great question. So, um, the external self is how you how you show up and engage with everyone else, right? The the we all have a job version of us, right? Whether you're an entrepreneur or you're you work in corporate or whatever, we have the job version of us, and then you have the version of you that you are with your friends, which may be a little bit or a lot, <laughs> at least in my case, more authentic, right? But then. Um, the internal self, your internal life, which just as a quick aside, I was on TikTok the other day and found out that everybody doesn't have an internal dialogue. And as a therapist, you would think that I knew that. I had no idea. I thought everybody had internal dialogue or at least a monologue, right? Like I hear a voice in my head, like, and it's a narration or whatever. Some people don't have that. They just like, I don't know, think. But anyways, um, so for, <laughs> for this, if you're somebody who doesn't have an internal dialogue monologue, this may not apply to you, <laughs> but um, the internal self, and I talk to clients a lot about this. Um, it, it, we're not taught this at all, but there is a relationship to yourself that is that that exists. And whether you are totally ignorant of that relationship, which means that you're neglecting your inner self, um, or you are very present and you create a safe space for yourself and you have a true relationship with yourself where you're engaged in what you like and you know who you are and you feel confident. Um, you you even know your shortcomings and your frustrations and you engage with that part of you in order to um, create a life for yourself that speaks to the relationship that you have with yourself, right? So inner life for me, when I mention it, is speaking to the relationship that you have with yourself and the experience that you have with yourself. Because some of us, the the person that we are externally is who is all of is who we are internally, but it's not our true self. It's just who we feel like we have to be in order to be loved and to be protected and to be cared for or in order to show up in the world. But your actual true self needs you to do that. But if you're trying, if you're not turned on or aware of your inner self and your inner life, then you're you're going to constantly seek external validation or external um, 
relationships or or uh, feedback to fulfill things that you could be doing for yourself. I really tried to water that down. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. It does. I feel like there's a lot to unpack there too, because I know so many high achieving women and men, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I think that to your point, a lot of what I hear from them is they don't know who they are, right? Like they don't know who they are outside of work or I'll say this for myself. And I think like my siblings as well, because I would consider us all to be high achieving is like, I don't, it's sometimes it's difficult for me to discern and distinguish between what I actually want and what I think other people want for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that for a lot of my life, I have been striving for the things that I have thought other people expected of me and what yeah. other people wanted from my life. And now I'm getting to my 30s and I'm like, well, what do I want? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who am I? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like this real existential crisis. And so mm-hmm. how how do we separate, you know, what we want versus what our parents have told us that we wanted or what mm-hmm. society has like h- how do we get to that place where we find like our true inner selves yeah so it's a journey right but the same principles of getting into um a platonic or romantic relationship applies you spend time with yourself you get quiet you start to listen um one way that i start this with clients because when i tell you probably 80% of my my clients come in with exactly that. Like, I don't think I know who I am. Like I've done, I've done the things, but I don't know. I can't differentiate my mom's goals for me from mine. Or I, you know, I feel like I should be happy. Usually it comes with this guilt, right? I should be happy, but I'm not. And I don't know why. And I feel bad about that. What do I do? And so one way to start, this is a really easy tip. And I was, it's so funny that we're having this conversation because this morning I was like, oh, I didn't, I haven't done this in a while. Um, Saturdays, either you can graduate to doing this the whole day, but I would start with two to four hours. If you don't work on Saturdays or whatever your day off is, you wake up in the morning, no alarms, no nothing, turn off the alarm. You wake up when your body tells you to wake up and then you slowly enter the day. And you start asking yourself, okay, what do you want to do? So I call this an intuition day where you you wake up and you just say, hey, what do I want to do? And you wait for that response within yourself. Like, hmm, you you body scan and you're like, oh, I'm hungry. All right, what would you like to eat? And just wait. And your body will tell you, yourself will tell you like, oh, you know, I want something crunchy. All right. So then maybe that means I need to go get, you know, whatever. And you don't judge the response. You don't judge the answer. You don't no, but I shouldn't want that. No. Just let yourself feel safe enough to come up to the front and say like, oh, okay, you're listening to me now. All right. Well, yeah, I want to do this. Or actually, I feel like stretching this morning. We we don't stretch. Can we stretch? So you start to build that relationship with yourself by spending quality time. You ask yourself what you want. And sometimes maybe you'll know the answer and sometimes you won't. But you'll at least ask the question because in a relationship, if you were trying to get to know someone, you would ask the questions and they you would allow them to to bring what it is that they have to say forth. So that way you can be- develop that connection with them. It's the same thing with yourself. It just starts with spending time and then actually listening to yourself. A lot of y'all are not safe spaces for yourself enough. Yeah, I said it. A lot of y'all aren't safe spaces to yourself enough to where you feel, where you feel permission to speak up about what you want. And it's not your fault. Other people like your parents or previous relationships or friends or or any your work environment has told you that your perspective, your opinion, your desires don't matter. And you've internalized that. But the one place that you have complete control or at least a majority control is within yourself. And so if you if you are tired of not having a voice in the lives of other people and in other circumstances, begin to cultivate that change in, in experience within yourself. Mm, I, I feel a little attacked. Well, my apologies. <laughs> hey, it's okay because you go, you gonna get us together. You are gonna get us because I think it's so important for us to be able to know who we are. Because how can we figure out what balance looks like for each of us individually mm-hmm. if we don't know 
what it is that we we want and what what will provide us with the the most joy, the most peace, the most happiness, right? Because like you said, we've been chasing these things that are not authentic to us necessarily mm-hmm. all this time. And so if you don't spend the time to get to know yourself, you you continue to do the things that you've been doing right mm-hmm. out of habit. It's like, okay, well, I'm not a hundred percent happy doing X, but I don't know what else to do. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep doing X because right. it looks good. <laughs> no one else is going to judge me about it. I'm not going to get any questions from my parents about it. I'm not going to have to, an- you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's the path of least resistance right. most times. Right. And so you're just like quietly, miserably going down that path. And so we need tools and resources to be able to figure this out. So I love that that's like a bit of practical advice mm-hmm. because people will say, oh, you got to pursue your passion. I'm like, why I do that? How do I know when I found it? How mm-hmm. do I know if that's my voice on the inside or, you know, what? how do I know? And so yeah. I love getting practical, real actionable advice to, to mm-hmm. kind of help you sort it out because yeah. some t- <laughs> advice is just, it's just terrible. It can be. <laughs> it definitely can be. But I just want to interject for one second and say, yeah. like, I can hear somebody listening to this and being like, no, but one, I have to pay bills. Like achievement has gotten my bills paid. Right. And two, like, I mean, I kind of like being rewarded for things. So I just want to say that this is not about becoming a bum. <laughs> okay. This isn't no. about like, just, you know, kick off your shoes and live on the beach for a year, like, right? Like, or backpack through your, that's not the goal. The goal is not for you to become less accomplished. The goal, though, is for you to feel good about about having a holistic life, one that is not centered around accomplishment, but one that is accompanied by joy and pleasure and lack of pressure on yourself for things that you could do and didn't do because with high achievement comes perfectionism, which is best friends with shame. And when you live a shame oriented life, you can't enjoy it. You just can't. And so this isn't about divorcing achievement. It's about bringing it together with grace and partnering it with pleasure and joy and seeing yourself as a holistic person and not just a production machine, a production factory trying to just get stuff out for other people. No, a holistic life is what we're going for. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. Cause you know, your girl likes nice things. Okay. okay. <laughs> I got no, no, uh, night in shining armor yet. That's coming to save me and pay for this. So I, okay. I still got to eat. So, so achievement's mm-hmm. still going to be there. But I think like, to your point there, I think one of the things is like realizing that we don't have to have everything right now. I think that too, a part of the achievement is I got to do it now. I got to get yes. to the next thing tomorrow. If I'm not accomplishing something every single day I've failed I didn't do anything it's urgent right (laughs) like maybe it's okay for me to just be at this job in this role and just go to work yeah but this is why (laughs) high achievement is often connected to trauma Ooh, talk about it. Drama. And that's why that's why you feel that urgency and that pressure, because the part of your brain that is committed to keeping you alive and helping you to survive and helping you to feel safe is saying you have to do this in order to survive. And if you don't, you are a failure. And if you don't, you are like disaster is coming, which is why a majority of my clients who are high achievers are all, also have at diagnosable or close to diagnosable um, anxiety. Ooh. Because you are living under a weight that you cannot bear, but your brain is telling you that you need this to stay alive. And the moment that you stop achieving, people will stop loving you. Your job will fire you and you will be living under a bridge. That's a lot of pressure to live under. And and that's trauma. And it might not be from an ex- a specific experience, but it can be from a lifetime or being raised in a household or in an environment where you were told that you were only as good as, as what you did. That is traumatic. And this is why you don't know yourself. This is why you don't know you don't know how to value your personhood because you were never taught that it was important. As long as you could do, you could be loved. So how do we rewire that conditioning? And how, how do we unwire that? Because so I, I ask that for this reason. So I have friends who have said literally those things that you just said <laughs> that I don't if I don't accomplish, 
I'm going to get fired. And I'm like, that is preposterous. <laughs> like, I promise you, there's plenty of mediocre people running around that company that ain't in danger of getting okay. fired. Like, you'll be fine. But they, they do think like that. Like, how do you start to walk that back? Because the, the flip side of that is like, you have to mentally be in a space where you can you can enjoy things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I'll, I'll try to, my sister, for example, she's a workaholic and I'll be like, oh, let's go do something fun. And she's like, I can't mm-hmm. like, and she, and I was, she was like, but I'm like, but you're free today. And she's like, well, no, I, even if I went, I wouldn't enjoy it right. because my mind's not there. My mind is at work. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you yeah. start to rewire your mind so that you can enjoy the, the joyful things mm-hmm. when they arrive or the yeah. balance that you can actually appreciate the bet. Like how do you start to want it even? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I, I think that desire starts with acknowledgement. You have to first believe that it's an issue because when I was Miss Workaholic, Miss Boss Chick, Miss Get It Done, you know, do all of the things. Um, I, I was still, it was exhausting, but I was still receiving positive feedback from it. And so I was not yet ready to step out of that. So you first have to be ready and and feel like something, this isn't it. Because as long, dysfunction is still functional, right? You find function in dysfunction. And as long as you still find function and it hasn't run out of function for you, you're not going, you're not going to want to make the pivot. So you, you first have to be like, this ain't it. And I want something else. And then once you do that, you start to create, well, if if it really is difficult, if you really are in the trenches of high achievement, I recommend getting a therapist, right? First and foremost, that can walk with you and undo some of the cognitive distortions and connections that you have um, to, to toxic high achievement. But um, on your own, you can start to reorganize and reprioritize your life in a way where work and this, I'm speaking to my corporate folks, but I'm also speaking to my entrepreneurial folks, where work has an ending point for you. It has to end. Like, whatever time that is, you need to commit to that. And when you are not working, you need to commit to rest. You need to commit to self-care. I also recommend... um Having some sort like practicing some sort of meditation. Meditation is amazing for anxiety, um, as well as just helping you to slow down. There's a lot of guided meditation on YouTube. Um, but if you speaking again, my my largest demographic and and because I identify as Christian is Christian. But one thing that you can do if you are a Christian um, is meditate like on certain scriptures, right? And just sit in silence. For those of y'all who can't do the silence thing, play some music in the background um, and, and just repeat one thing. Just get your mind to l- retrain your mind to be able to focus on one intention, right? And, and an intention that's not work related. So meditation is really good. Um, but ultimately, like you have to learn to believe that rest and stillness is necessary and is good. And then you put that as part of your calendar. On Sundays, I do not work. Sundays is my rest day. And I'm committed to that. And it took a long time. I used to I used to skirt out of that. Like, oh, you know what? I'll do this. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'll pick up a shift, right? When I was working at in, in medical social work. Oh, I'll do this. I'll do... No, it's non-negotiable. Rest has to be non-negotiable for you. Because the feedback and the information that you're giving to yourself is, oh, we we value rest. See, getting past this is about giving your brain new information and then reinforcing that information over and over and over again. Oh, we we don't just work. We actually rest. And when we rest, the world doesn't fall apart. When we rest, everything is not going to shambles. And then the next day we're panicking. No, you 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 rest because you need it. And it actually makes you more productive. We're not going to do that to make us more productive. We're going to do it because I need it and I'm a person and I matter. So you learn to prioritize rest, um, try meditation, and just keep giving your your brain information that says like, no, I choose joy over accomplishment. Go out with your friends and and constantly tell your mind, no, we're not going to think about that. I'm focused here. Mindfulness. I am here. I am with my friends. I am hanging out. Wow. Look at how amazing and full my life is. You make your life full. And then one last thing, I'm always about practical tips. One last thing is find something to be bad at. Oh, yeah. y'all hate that. 
Y'all hate that. I know you do. Find something that you're not good at and do it. So one of my goals this year is to learn how to sew. Ain't never sewed a day in my life. But I have a sewing machine that somebody um, bought for me for Christmas years ago, never opened it. I want to learn how to sew. I'm going to suck at it at first. The the high achiever in me is going to want to put it down. But no, I'm not going to. I'm going to follow through. If you ain't never sang a note right in your life, take singing lessons. Be bad at something because it'll show your brain that the world doesn't fall apart when you're not perfect. I love that. I do. I do. I do. I've, I've been trying to, to play around with some different hobbies too, mm-hmm. like for that reason. Unfortunately, I started a new job recently. And so I, I don't need a hobby to remind myself that I'm a beginner. <laughs> I, get, I get it every day at work. I'm in a new industry, a new field. And that has been wow. like mentally challenging too, because I'm used to, so I've been practicing as an attorney for almost eight years now. So I, I felt like I had finally reached a point in my career where I beyond neophyte, like I know the answers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm that girl. And so to mm-hmm. feel like I'm starting all over again has been mentally really tough, mm-hmm. <laughs> really tough. Um, But I, I've appreciated the challenge. I'm in a place where they're very supportive of my growth and my learning and okay with me being a beginner for a while but when when you feel like the world is going to end when you don't mm-hmm. know all the answers it can be very like you know traumatizing and so yeah. you have to give yourself permission to be a beginner yeah yeah and i would encourage you like that's uh, amazing that you have this experience at work but there's still your brain is still like I have to get good at this eventually because I need to get paid and I want to be and you're all you're whether you know it or not your brain is already thinking about your path to 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 ascension right and so the good thing about like a hobby or you know trying something that you're not good at is it's never you're not turning this you're not turning this into a business <laughs> I had to get in the camera for the for anybody who ends up watching this. <laughs> okay you're not doing this for a business there's no there's no gain. You're doing it for absolutely no reason than you want to. And so your pat, your brain is not thinking about, ooh, like I can monetize this and I can strategize. No, 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 no. This is a thing that you're doing because you're bad at it. Eventually you'll learn to get good at it, but there's no pressure. And then once you're good at it, there's no reward. It's just a thing that you do because you do it and it makes you happy. And you may never get good at it. And you may never get good at it. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. may not be your ministry ever. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to put I'm going to put that on my to do list of things to do. So just uh, this has been fantastic. I just have a couple more questions before we mm-hmm. wrap up, because I think that one thing, too, uh, that high achieving women struggle with is relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I read a statistic recently that said something to the effect of that by 2030, um, like 45 percent of millennial women would be single and childless. And I didn't know how to interpret that statistic. I was like, does that mean that we are living our wildest dreams or we are like pursuing achievement at the at the abandonment of all else? Right. Like potentially to our our detriment in terms of trying to craft a, a whole person and not to say that every woman desires or wants to have a family, but. 45%. That's a big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so as high achieving women, how can we do better at cultivating relationships? Yeah. I wish you'd ask me this last, Sydney, because I think I might, I think, I think I'm gonna get canceled. I think I'm, I think you're gonna get me canceled. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, well, we, we need to hear it, girl. Okay. Whatever it is. So, <laughs> but we don't cancel people here. No judgment. We don't, we well, don't cancel you here. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing. I am of the belief and I, and our I, neurobiology supports this, that um, a majority of us are wired for connection. A majority of us. Um, now connection goes beyond romantic, Right. Connection even goes beyond um, even platonic. 
There's spiritual connections, right? Do you feel connected to something beyond yourself? Uh, there's familial connection and all that. But I do believe that romantic connection is, um, well, well, not even believe, I know that romantic and parental um, relationships mirror one another, right? And so once you're out of the parental phase, it is natural and normal for you to want romantic relationships because those are the ones that are cultivated completely um like to for you to be feel seen and heard and like fully loved and you can get that in your friendships but it's just different in your romantic relationships um i know that right now that there is a and by the way i'm all for prioritize you don't settle self-care all the things um, but I know that there is a vast movement right now, especially among Black women, that are trying to convince us that we're okay and we don't want it. And I want to speak to the person who is standing on the precipice of that thought and, and wondering, should they lean all the way in or not? Um, I think that if it is your desire to have healthy romantic relationships, and I'll speak to romantic and we'll talk platonic, but to have healthy romantic relationships or to be married or to have a long-term committed partner that leaning all the way into this may exclude you from that because again the feedback that you are telling your mind is that okay well I don't want it and so your brain is going to start to develop a life around something that you actually want and then in 20 30 years when you really do want it and you realize that dang it like I, I feel I'm I'm the most self-aware woman in the world and I feel amazing and I have all these things, but I still don't have the partner that I want. Um, you're you're not going to feel good about that. And so my first thing is for those of y'all who um, desire romantic relationships, you need to actually make it a priority. Like, and when I say priority, I mean the same way that your work is on your calendar and the same way your brunch with your friends is on your calendar and the same way that all these other things take time in your life, you need to prioritize it. If it is your heart's desire to be married, to be in a long-term committed relationship, or to have a fruitful dating life, right? Just you, you just want to have fun. You need to put it on your calendar. You need to be spending time going outside sometimes and just sitting at a bar and drinking a drink and making an eye at somebody, right? You need to actually prioritize it because deciding now that you don't want it and that you'll be okay without it. When you know it, it's the only reason why that you're leaning towards that is because you feel like it's not accessible to you or you don't want to make the time or you're not sure if, if you know, somebody can really love you with all the stuff that you have going on. That's not a decision. That's something that you pigeonhole yourself into because the thing that you really want feels out of reach. Mm. Right. So it's possible to be both uh, an accomplished, like I, I own a home. Right. I'm I'm self-aware, like all, all of the things. I, ha I have degrees. Right. I'm, this is not dumbing yourself down for these things. It's about showing up as somebody who is like, hey, I have these things, but also I want I want the things that aren't as tangible, that aren't as as easily checkmarkable or whatever. But I'm not going to base my identity off of that. Um, and if you want more friendship in your life, then you need to you need to be friendly. Can we talk about, can we talk about how sometimes we can, <laughs> we can, we can be a little prideful as high achieving women. Can we talk about that? Yeah, let's can talk we, about it. This is the sugar-free podcast. We don't sugar. Okay. <laughs> because some of y'all are too high and mighty. You're a little too high on your high horse. Okay. Break it down oh, for me. What oh, they, how, how they be acting. <laughs> because I can't, I, oh, here's a common thing that's happening on TikTok right now. The whole like split the bill thing. Like, is y'all broke? Like why, why we, I can't be friends with nobody that, that, that don't just want to split the bill. But you're, I heard somebody say this the other day, but you're the one running it up because you have the means and the ability, but like, you're, you're not mindful of people around you who aren't where you are. And I'm not saying that you need to make friends with people who are not going anywhere in life that might frustrate you. Right. But I am saying that you need to value friendships that are all over, uh, that are all in different spectrums of life than you, because you can learn something. A lot of you isolate yourself to people to only like business buddies. Or, you know, you have people that you can work with, but you don't have people that you can pray with. You don't have people that you can um, that can hug you when you have a rough day because it's all about, OK, get up, hurry up. Come on now. You know, we got to hit these these markers. You know, we got to work. We have to do this. You need friendships that speak to the woman in you. Well, if there are men listening, the men in you, the man in you. Um, but you need friendships. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might be, but this ain't for they them. Might be. Speak, to us. speak to us, girl. Right. You need <laughs> friends that speak to the woman in you and not just the production in you. 
Because again, a lot of y'all, like your whole life is centered around goals. You only make friends with people that make you look good. You only make friends with people that are climbing up the ladder that are either higher than you or where you are. Like make like find friends for the, the person in you and not just not just friends that can get you where you're trying to go. Oh yeah, you need to be friends with millionaires. I mean, sure, be friends with millionaires. That's fine. But be friends with the type of millionaires that aren't just talking about how they're millionaires all day and that aren't going to put you in a rat race that you can't get out of. So um, when it comes to overall, the message here is to prioritize what you want out of relationships. Don't let what don't don't allow social media to tell you what you should want and, and how you should pivot and how you should divest from wanting romantic relationships and all this kind of stuff. Yes, the dating the, the dating world is challenging right now. We are in unprecedented like times for real when it comes to relationships. It's never been it's probably never been harder. It's not, it, it's possible. It's highly possible. People get married every day, B, right? They all, everybody's, people are getting married every single day. Um, and it might be a little bit more challenging, but it's not impossible. And I don't want you all to create a life and create a, a world for yourself that um, subjects you to something that you really don't want and that you're going to regret. And then the other thing is to be open to the types of friendships that feed your soul and not just your pocket or not just your social standing. So make room, make room. Girl, we're going to have to have, to have you back for a whole conversation about these <laughs> friendship things. So I, I want to go back to the, the TikTok thing. What's going on on TikTok now? So so people are mad about splitting the bill. Is that an issue? Well, so the issue is that like they're saying that it's like broke behavior to want to only pay for what you purchase as opposed oh, to splitting oh. the bill. Oh, yeah. No. First of all, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I thought splitting the bill was something that only happened on TV. When I go out with my friends, either somebody is paying right and we're treating or we're paying for what we ate like i'm not understanding the problem like i don't get it and you know again somebody might be like oh i don't get it like but i honestly i don't understand it um if you got lobster and eggs and i got french fries i'm not paying for your lobster like i'm just Girl. not okay and so that, that's just weird to me or i'm paying for the whole thing because it's on me right whatever right. that is but people are saying that's broke behavior and it's creating a lot of tension i think um socially but maybe in friendships to feel like like you gotta have it you gotta show up a certain way and that's just not fair like all these rules and things and we do the same thing in romantic relationships but all these rules and things that we're putting on what friendship should be y'all turn just block it turn it off build the relationships that you need in your life and you come up with the agreements that matter and, and that uh work for that relationship okay if you want to split the bit split the check split the check if you don't if you just want to pay for what you pay then do that so yeah oh, that's the listen. thing <laughs> okay because listen if if any of y'all want to come to lunch with me i'm not paying for your lobster i'm not paying for your so this is a huge issue for me and my friends a I've noticed living in New York and even like Atlanta, like it's hard to get separate checks. I'm like, these people it act is. like they can't put what you ordered on a separate check. I'm like, I didn't come here to do math and right. to negotiate with people. I just, right. I want to pay for what I ate. So that's like my biggest issue. And then the second thing is I don't drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so I'm definitely mm -hmm. not coming out to pay for y'all to run up the drink tab. Right. Like, I don't even, I didn't even have anything to drink. My bill is right. always going to be the cheapest bill and then sometimes you go out and I'm like I have in mind thank you I want to spend this amount and so right. I order based on how much I want to spend at that particular meal and so right. I'm like I'm not going to be going out with you if I feel like I can't control how much I spend because right. I'm gonna be potentially paying for everybody else's exactly. drinks or meal or something like that and so yeah it, yeah I some of us budget right some of us budget and we know like i'm here for a good time but i i came with a specific dollar amount in mind and it is what it is like that doesn't mean i love you less and it don't make me broke and if it do make me look broke honestly the people who are spending money recklessly you probably are actually broke like you ain't got a single never mind never mind never mind, never mind. i'm not gonna go down I, that route i'm not gonna go down i would say this I, I'm certainly not going to cancel you over anything that you just said. Like if this episode is about how to achieve balance, then everything that you said is about how to help you take a step towards getting that right. Like being intentional, prioritizing these things and really as high achieving women, I think overall the, the message for everything is you've got to make other things besides work and achievement a priority Absolutely. whether it's relationship whether it's rest whether it is a hobby something to be bad at whether it's exercise like 
anything that we are going to do to take a step away from work has to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that that to me is the takeaway from all of this today. Yeah. And can I just say one last thing? Um, as I was listening to you just now, what I thought about is like, how our brain sometimes will be like, okay, all right. So now I need to make, all right. So make less, make achievement less important. And then, um, and then I'm going to do more mental, I'm going to get a therapist and then I'm going to wake up on Saturdays and that's going to be my rest day. And then like, I'm going to, okay, I need to read a book. I also need to prioritize my relationship. Like, and it becomes this thing that you now need to achieve at, right? Like you, it becomes this thing that you now like, are like, okay, I got to I have to be good at having a balanced life. I want you to take all of that out of your mind. And I want you to take everything day by day. That's the thing with the high achiever. We're always looking into a future that that doesn't even exist yet. I want you to every day wake up and say, what can I, what can I prioritize today? What do I need today? And this is where your relationship with yourself comes in because yourself is going to tell you. Some days I wake up, I want to, I, I, my health is, and wellness is important to me, right? I want to work out three times a week. But the week that I've had this week, where I'm transitioning out of one job and I already started a new job and I'm seeing clients and all these things, right? This is actually my life. I, I've had multiple days where I worked two jobs across town from each other and had to go home. That's not a day that I'm going to work out. I could do it. I could push myself to do it. I really could. And some days maybe I will, but I listened to myself and what myself needed was to get in that bed, right? Girl. Or just sit on the couch and watch Netflix guilt-free. And so day, take things day by day. You can have your goal. You can have your intentions for the day. But then I want you to wake up every day and say, what do I actually need today? And, and give yourself permission to pivot. I planned on working out at five, but you know what? At five o'clock, I, uh, uh, something came up at work that caused me to leave at six or seven. And so now instead of working out, I'm going to do da 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 Or I will work out, but it won't be as intense. I'll do something more stretching, right? Like you, you have to be able to be okay with a pivot and you have to be able to be okay with taking things day by day and not just trying to check stuff off a list. Mm, and then we're going to get a therapist. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so if we want to work with you, because I think that you are amazing and fantastic and you are definitely my homegirl in my head. Okay. So if yeah, we want to work with you, yes. How do we find you? Like where, how do we get in touch with you? Where, where are you at? Yeah. So one of my commitments to myself this year, um, based off of evaluating my capacity was I have stopped one-on-one coaching. So I don't one-on-one coach anymore. I do still take therapy clients. So if you're in the state of Georgia, I think I have room for like maybe two or three more. Um, Yeah, I have room for three right now. So if you would like to work with me this year as your therapist and you are in Georgia, I can work with you. Um, I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore. However, I'm bringing back my uh, best-selling Heal For Real after two years of a hiatus. I'm bringing back my group coaching Heal For Real. Um, I believe that we're launching that in March. So if you want to be part of that cohort, it is the most comprehensive program on the planet. I mean, I'm biased, but it, it's really good um, for helping you to heal in practical, spiritual um, ways and to move you out of like the the feeling stuck and then having a life that is into having a life that is truly fulfilling and whole. And so um, we do some digging right? We do some trauma work. Uh, I talk about your understanding your story versus your narrative, building healthy boundaries, like real boundaries. Um, and, and so Heal for Real is a, is a possibility. And la- later on this year, I'll do um, the Healthy Love Campaign, which is a five-week program helping women to understand um, and to be prepared. And I use that in quotes because I hate that word, but prepare, for lack of a better term, for the love that they desire. And not in a way that centers men, but in a way that centers what you want and understanding the purposes of marriage. So I have group coaching coming up. You can also purchase my trauma languages. I'm actually get booked to speak with organizations and small businesses on my trauma languages concept, which is you understanding where your trauma shows up, uh, just like love languages, but trauma languages. Uh, And then I also have a book. If you're experiencing divorce, separation, or a breakup, you can go to verniqueester.com slash shop and you can purchase the book there. It's called When Seasons Change, a Divorce Recovery Interactive Devotional. So there's some ways that you can work with me, but you can follow me if you're just like, what is this girl about, right? You can follow me everywhere, including TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Vernique Esther. So that's, that's me. 
Yay, I will be tapping in. I made that face because I'm not in Atlanta anymore. I literally just Aww. moved to New York. I know, because I would have been signing up. And so I just want to make sure that this is clear. For the group coaching, you can be anywhere. You don't have to be in Georgia. You can be anywhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. any Wonderful. any of my group coaching programs, you can be anywhere in order to um heck, uh, check them out. But also, if you want to book me to come to an, a conference, uh, an event, uh, your church, whatever, I also will travel for speaking engagements. Okay, wonderful. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. So tap into it. Do you have a podcast? <sighs> Why'd you do that? Oh. I do. I do. <laughs> I thought I saw one. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's called it's called Grab Your Stuff Podcast. Y'all, I did one season. And I, I haven't done another. And people have been asking me to bring it back. The I, the high achiever in me, I'm going to put myself on blast. The high achiever in me, um, I came in hot. I had production. I had all that. And I'm like, I can't afford to do that no more. Like, I was working in, in I was making good money at the time. Now I'm making decent money. So, <laughs> so the podcast is available. There's some amazing episodes. You can check it out everywhere. Grab your stuff podcast. I will. I might bring it back this year. But uh, we'll no see. Pressure. I got to get past it. Right. No, you you let us know how where it falls on your priority list. Yes. If it ain't on there, it ain't on there. That's it. We're not going to bother you, but um, I get it. I had to take a hiatus on my show, too, because I'm a one-woman show. I don't have mm -hmm. any external producers. And so when my life got crazy, I just was like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. If, it. if it's on your spirit and you decide to bring it back, then we will welcome it. Until then, we will just... Enjoy the episodes you got. It's fine. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. So one last thing before I let you go. Um, so I always end every show with our sugar-free quickies. So the sugar-free quickies, there's a series of either or questions and you cannot answer both or none. You have to choose one. Mm -hmm. You ready? I'm ready. Wonderful. Okay. If you had to choose between having money or power, which would you choose? Girl money. Yes, get the coin. Get the coin. Listen, power is too much responsibility. Get somebody else to do it. Hmm. I also feel like you have power if you have money. Yeah. Money. But if you have power, you can get money though. I feel Fair like. Enough. Fair enough. But Fair I just enough. want the money, honey. <laughs> Soft life. Period. <laughs> so to that same kind of focus, would you rather be retired or have your dream job? retire mm. retire really? I, I right now I think I work as close to my dream job as possible I do employee wellness for a corporation and I love it I'd like to not have to wake up for it though like I'd be okay I, <laughs> I feel you I feel well some people have chosen dream job because they're like mm -hmm. I feel like I don't think that I could like be happy doing nothing yeah, but if I'm retired, then I can do what I want. And what I love to do, like, is is speaking and engaging with women. But I could I could do it out of desire and not just necessity. I feel that. At least that's how I thought about it. Like, I could just do it when I want and don't do what I don't want. But dream job, I feel like I have, I I am still tied to it, even if I enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's that commitment mm -hmm. piece to it. I feel you. Okay, a couple more: red velvet cake or cheesecake? Cheesecake every time. Okay. Yeah, every time. <laughs> red velvet, y'all. Red velvet is nasty. Y'all eat that. I mean, I I don't, but it's very popular. A lot of people enjoy it. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to yuck y'all's yum, but I don't like anything chocolate unless it's like chocolate candy. So I don't like chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake, and red velvet is red chocolate cake. And it's, mm -mm. Mm -mm. but people will try to 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 have you believe it ain't chocolate cake. They will just because it's red <laughs> don't mean anything. <laughs> okay, if you had to choose one of these women to go to dinner with, would you rather go with Issa Rae or Pinky Cole? I missed it. You said to go where? I already know dinner. my answer, but where am I going? Dinner. Oh, to dinner. Issa Rae. Yeah, I was gonna go wherever Issa Rae was, but I just want to make. I just wanted to know where we were going. <laughs> I feel you on that. I love Issa too. I love Issa mm -hmm. too. Okay, so you're ready to relax. This is the last one. Do would you rather? read a good book or watch a good movie oh that's so good book i'm okay. gonna go with book yeah yeah i feel like when when i in my head when i picture relaxation 
um, like, or the ultimate form of relaxation for me, and I've gotten to do this and it makes my heart happy, is sitting on the beach with a book. And okay. so even if I can't have the beach part, the book part and I I love reading that was my escape growing up and as an adult I haven't gotten to do it as much but I'm getting back on it um and I've been reading more but yeah reading a book movies are cool but I like to do movies with people not I'm not like a I'm just watch it for myself so I'm relaxing I want to read a book I love it I love it well I am wishing you plenty of days on the beach with great books and movies with friends and everything that your whole heart, not just not just the overachieving woman part of your heart, your whole yes. heart desires for the next year. Thank you so much for coming on this. This was the episode we really needed. Like, you know, like, <laughs> we needed this episode. I normally like have like episodes in the tank and I try to air them in order. But this one might have to get move at the priority list because <laughs> this this was the conversation that my spirit needed so I know somebody else needed it so I just want to thank you so much and so some final thoughts before mm -hmm. uh we end the show it's just if I've learned anything over the last year it's that all work and no play makes Sydney lonely burned out miserable and rich <laughs> um and you know which is important because therapy vacations podcasts fabulous outfits this and wonderful new york city apartment all cost money lots okay. of money and since i don't have a rich husband or rich auntie volunteering to bankroll my lifestyle a girl's gotta work mm -hmm. but i am so much more than a paycheck or material things i'm a sister a daughter a friend a dog mom a dancer a singer a creative and a hopeless romantic yeah. And I have to nurture all those parts of me so I can enjoy the coins that I work so hard for. And you do too, friends. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much again for tuning in to another wonderful episode of the Sugar Free Podcast. Be sure to check back in, not next week, in two weeks, because you know, we every other week now for another great episode, Real Talk. And of course, more of the most exquisite tea that's 100% sugar free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar free. Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try Formally today.